0: around us is full of false choices, that temptation to be us versus them, for or against, in or out. But what does it really look like for followers of Jesus to engage in the messiness of life, the gray issues of faith, to truly allow our lives to conform to the gospel? Join us as we try to figure it out. We are the Brian and Janelle Podcast. How do you feel about self-awareness,
1: Janelle? I think it's very important actually. You do? Uh, yeah, I do. Why you laugh? <laughs> I do. I can grow in self awareness, but I think it's important.
0: Actually, no, I I think you do great in self-awareness. I think your <laughs> your struggle's an embellishment.
1: <laughs> Whatever. Oh my goodness. But what about you? Are you good at self awareness?
0: Um it depends on who you ask.
1: Okay, you gotta explain that.
0: Well, there's plenty of people listening right now who are waiting for they got a text ready that if I say I'm self-aware, they're going to be, oh, yeah? Uh-huh. <laughs> what about this and this and this and this? I don't know. It's a hard thing. In fact, as we learned in radio, there's this thing they do. And so if, if you're listening right now in your car or whatever, keep driving. But imagine this. We bring you in the studio. We say, all right, you're going to be the new personality on the radio show. Here's your job. All right, ready? Mike's about to go on. Ready? Be yourself. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's kind of like being, going to a comedian. Be funny. Go. And it's
1: like, "Ah, but, yeah. I told you when I first got this job and I was looking for tips because I've never done radio and people that have done radio for years, I'm thinking, man, they're about to come with some advice. I'd get my pen out. I'm ready to take notes. They're like, just be yourself. I was like, what? It's that kind of advice. What am I going to (laughs) do? Turn the radio on and. I don't know. That was just, it's just very abstract. I don't know. You don't know how to put your hands on it.
0: But two years later, you agree with the advice. But at first, it's difficult. Why? I think because we all struggle at some measure with self-awareness. Because yeah. your your first question, mine was, I mean, at least, was, who am I? If I'm supposed to be myself, yeah. who am I? What defines me? So we're going to get into a little bit on self-awareness and its value coming up here in just a minute. Hey there, Brian and Janelle podcast listeners. Brian here with a quick item for you before we get to the main content in today's episode. I'm super excited to tell you about a brand new podcast series I created in partnership with Moody Radio that's available starting right now. It's called The Grandfather Effect. And here's the quick backstory. I only have really one strong memory of my paternal grandfather, Tom. And it was when my dad and I were standing shoulder to shoulder in a crowded room right in front of his open casket. And I remember standing there a bit mystified. Because, you see, Grandpa Tom had lived only about 15 miles away from my house growing up, and yet I never saw him. He never talked to me, called me, never came to birthday parties. He was no part of our life. He had disowned my family when I was about three years old. And my family was left with lots of questions. Because from our perspective, the reason he disowned us didn't seem to make much sense. The circumstances were so seemingly trivial, it just didn't add up. So what happened? Well, about five years ago, I decided to try to find out. And that journey became much more complicated than I could have possibly imagined. And I chronicled the entire thing with a recorder in my hand and take you along in the journey. The podcast series is called The Grandfather Effect. Would you consider giving it a listen? I'd be super grateful for your support. And if you like what you hear, maybe you'd be willing to leave a a nice review or even tell a friend about it. All right, let's get back to today's episode. Thanks a lot. Okay, so self-awareness. Have you ever left a meeting with your boss more confused than when you went in? We're talking about you, not us, because our boss was listening right now. (laughs) (laughs) Best communicator in the world. Hello. Or perhaps you've been the one giving direction to a team member only to find out that they got it totally wrong. What about participating in a Zoom meeting where the host doesn't allow space for anyone to comment, interject, or express their views? There are countless examples of poor communication from leaders who lack the self-awareness to realize they are failing to get their message across. And it results in missed deadlines, failed projects, and frustrated employees. Now, with so many people working remotely, communication is even more challenging. It's critical that leaders develop self-awareness to ensure their communications are effective, not only to maintain productivity, but to also engage, inspire, and retain their people. And this article comes to us from Fast Company, which is a really interesting kind of trade magazine for business. Self-awareness is defined as how clearly you see yourself and how accurately you understand how others see you. Ooh. Those two are really hard to reconcile, I think, in yeah. life, aren't they?
1: Yeah.
0: You could be like, wow, I'm... Uh... I, I, let, let, let me give you an example. <laughs> okay, so... Early on in my time here at WCRF, Kathleen and I made a trek out to, I believe it was Newcastle okay, mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, and we were at a bookstore yeah. in Newcastle, and uh, this lady came in, and um, standing right in front of Kathleen and me, and she goes, Brian, you are so humble. You just got to stop being so humble. And Kathleen was like, bah! <laughs> 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 Kathleen Kathleen <like>, couldn't even <laughs> contain herself. She busted out. <sighs> and I was like, what? Oh. But There's there's a disconnect sometimes in how we view ourselves and how we come across, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just how you view yourself, it's how others view you is self-awareness. And being self-aware is tied to being a high-performing leader, having great confidence, making better decisions, and the ability to communicate effectively. Yet while most people believe themselves to be self-aware, a few actually are, Mm -hmm. in a study led by the Harvard Business Review, of nearly 5,000 people studied, only 10 to 15 percent actually qualified as self-aware. Oh, Ooh. wow. So are you self-aware? No, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Again, they said only 10 to 15% of 5,000 people really qualified as self-aware.
1: So if you're not in that study, I wonder ways that you could know how self-aware you are.
0: How do you work on it? Do you have anything you do to be self-aware? Um... Listen to Len maybe sometimes?
1: That one's hard because one of the things that I think is important is being open to talking to people about the way they see you, although it doesn't come out like that. You don't say, well, how do you see me? You ask other questions and the spouse, goodness, that's like, I'll skip you and I'll ask the other people Mm -hmm. in my Mm -hmm. life. But like, for example, I do it a lot with the kids. You know, I talk to my kids a lot. And we talk a lot about, like when I apologize about things I do or when I tell them, man, I messed up with this or I struggle with this, their reactions and their responses help me understand how they see me hmm. and being okay with that. That's a good first step, especially in a leadership position, which obviously as a mom. Starting off by telling the person, listen, I messed up or I mess up all the time or I'm learning It opens up the way for the person to get real because I see it with my kids. They'll step in and be like, yeah, I was going to tell you. You know, they feel safe to share, really share how they see you. And
0: and yet some people say that because they think they're supposed to and they're really not open. And so what they do is they go, uh, yeah, well, hey, I I want good feedback here in this meeting. If you object anything, just bring it up. And you got a whole bunch of people listening going, yeah, right. (laughs) I'm not going to say anything to this guy. So what
1: does the person do to make it? I mean, because somebody listening to you can think, what else can I do but tell you, listen, I want honest feedback. So if I tell you and you're telling me, no, I don't believe you, what else can a person do?
0: Well, I guess we have to start with believing people, right? That's hard, though. When they say something we don't like about ourselves in terms of being self-aware, we have to be willing to receive it. I, I would confirm it with other people. I mean, because somebody doesn't really know you, they might say something that's just not true about you. But, you know, like if you were to say something to me that I didn't take well about who I am and how I come across, yeah. I'd bring it to my wife and go, what do you think? Does she have anything here? Yeah, And I could tell by the look on her face whether it's true or not. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> didn't have to answer. Yeah, She yeah. might just kind of grin yeah, and turn her head a little bit. And I go, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, this article gives some tips for like a business professional, like get feedback as in, regular anonymized 360 feedback in in the business world there's ways for supervisors to get feedback anonymously from employees just like i mean teachers do it with students which is sometimes effective and sometimes not
1: Mm
0: -hmm. sometimes kids are just being mean Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) so how do you do it in friendship
0: it's hard to know i don't i don't have a perfect answer here they also go on to, say, personally review your successes and failures. Yeah. Like, if you examine your success and try to figure out why you were successful, that might help. Figure out where your strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, and your failures, the same way. Yeah. Like, it, this failed. I wonder why it failed. And if you spend your whole time blaming someone else, it's like the person who's married five times and keeps saying how messed up all their spouses were. Yeah. Right. You start going... You sure about that?
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> I feel like there might be a problem with somebody else, and it's not them.
1: You, you used marriage. I've seen people that no matter where they're at, there's conflict. If it's a family reunion, if it's the friends, and with the lack of self-awareness, the person just thinks, man, people just got problems. And at some point, you want to tell the person, "Yo, like, can you just—maybe it's you. <laughs> Trouble follows you.
0: And and you know, for, for Christians— And that could
1: happen with us, too.
0: Well, right, right, but I've— I think how that develops in the Christian life, as you describe it, is self-righteousness. Yes. Th- oh, yes. I think lack of self-awareness breeds this like false sense of holiness in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're like if you're working on your spiritual life and you see some accomplishments, w- which we all have in growing in holiness, right? I mean, we all, I think, are more holy today in some respects yeah. than we were when we first got saved because we're, we're progressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But it, it doesn't allow you to see your weaknesses very well. And so you can see everybody else is really easy. And be like, wow! If they were only more like me, you know, yeah. things would be better. And
1: that's so scary, though. As someone that tells, I, I talked about my kids. I can do it better with Len. I want to be open to honest feedback. It's just scary, especially when you mentioned reviewing our successes and failures. You know, whether it's financial or relationship, to ask people in your lives, like, "Yo, tell me, I failed at this. What could I have done better?" I'm just being – it's easy to tell people, well, you're just self-righteous when you don't receive it. It's yeah. – I think for anybody, it's scary.
0: It's very scary, and it's, it's difficult. And, in fact, if we can go back to our one of our original concepts, remember we said being in radio, right? You look at somebody go, okay, Mike's going to come, come on, just be yourself. And you're like, what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, there, there's another thing, a truth I've learned uh, in this business that kind of helps in this sense that, of course, everyone has an opinion about who we are. We read emails on Friday of people who don't like us, whatever, sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, people have their opinions. Yeah. Uh, but you do need feedback in what you're doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I remember a specific situation when I was early in radio in Chicago, and there was a person I know that had not, and I would say, dare I say, earned the right to give me feedback, mm-hmm. pulled me in their office and gave me some harsh critique of something I was doing, and it just about destroyed me. And yet there's another person who... Uh, invested yeah. the whole theory being, if I care about you and I trust you, I'm going to invest in you before I make a withdrawal. Yeah. Like you can't withdraw before you make an investment. So the person mm-hmm. will invest in, you know what? I like how you do this. I like how you did that. And so they build up and that person built enough trust that when they're ready to give me some constructive feedback, I hear it. I believe it yeah. because I know they have my best interests at heart and they're on my team yeah. and they care about me and they want me to improve. And I, I walked out of, the, out of my first critique with that individual feeling like a million bucks thinking I can be better. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think the next phase of the question we have to ask is, is this whole, you know, business buzz thing of self-awareness, which is kind of a, it's more of a modern business idea, right? Before mm-hmm. it was just like, listen to your boss. Thank you, sir. May I have another. Yeah. Now bosses are looking for feedback. Yeah. Want to be self-aware. Hmm. Is that biblical to be self-aware? Mm. Hey, welcome. It's the middle of this podcast episode. You know, the spot in most podcasts where you hear an ad of some sort, maybe a thank you to a sponsor. Well, We're going to do something a little different. Here's what I mean. Did you know the most powerful type of marketing is word of mouth? You know, when a friend tells you, hey, have you heard this podcast? It's so good. You've got to listen. And that's what I'm just going to ask for today. We're not going to ask you to buy a product or do anything in particular other than would you share this podcast with a friend? Maybe it's this episode or your favorite or whatever it is. Pick out a friend or two, tell them about the Brian and Janelle podcast and ask them to give us a shot. That's one of the ways to help us spread the word and help us stand out in the middle of a really crowded podcast space. We'd be so grateful. Thanks a lot. Let's get back to the show. All right, so we've been talking about this article from Fast Company, which is kind of like a business magazine uh, that often has tips for how to improve in business. It's really a kind of, I think, a fad or a thing to do to be a very self-aware manager. And three hundred and sixty reviews. It's
1: showing the shift in business as well. I talk to my kids about this a lot. Where before, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I didn't go to business school, but I didn't either. Look (laughs) at me, talk on the radio. Before the focus was like on hard skills, and it's it's looking like they're we're embracing more and more like we should the soft skills of business in terms of interpersonal yeah. and self-awareness very much a soft skill and how it makes leadership it's more than just the books smart but i was going to ask you when you said earlier before the break how when someone deposits in you it makes it easier to receive uh, criticism mm-hmm. constructive criticism yeah. but shouldn't we grow to the point where we can receive and identify constructive criticism from anybody.
0: I think that's an ideal, but I'm just not sure the human condition can ever get to a point where where someone gives you criticism and you just kind of go, wow, thanks. I don't think yeah, that's but, possible. but
1: we're missing out, and isn't that yeah. a sort of immaturity? I'm looking back like as a mom, as a young mom, or even as a teen – like people can make observations or say things that my ego can reject. And because of my ego, I can miss out on wisdom. And so I'm just thinking not so much just accept anything because you also don't want to just accept anything. But ha- maybe developing the maturity where you can identify like, whoa, hold on. Let me stop and maybe, maybe this person has something. Sometimes it's, it's not even a stranger. It could be, let's say, this is crazy, an in-law. That hasn't deposited enough, but really has something that you you should receive.
0: I'd like to think that we can get to a point where we can just receive feedback, no matter how it's delivered, but I don't know that, that the the basic foundational sin of pride is ever going to be overcome by anyone, is it? And our pride is what makes us defensive. Yeah. I don't know. Ron's been alive a lot longer than me, and, and <laughs> you guys have been alive like the same amount of time. <laughs> Is it possible? Do you you think to get to the point, Ron, where you could just have somebody give you feedback on something you're not doing well and you just go, wow, thanks. And just any time it comes, you're just like, oh, excellent. I'll work on that.
2: I don't think any time. I think there are some things that you are aware of um, consciously or subconsciously and somebody will bring that to your attention and you're like, yeah, you're right. I know. I need to work on that. But there will be other things that you totally are unaware of. And when somebody brings it to you, you're going to react defensively because you don't think it's real. You know, it'd it'd be the same reaction as if somebody
0: came to you and, you know, said something totally off base. Delivery is a problem for a lot of people. Yeah. And if you could create a perfect condition where somebody with sweetness who's invested in you and you know cares about you, gives you feedback you weren't expecting and you don't like, you could receive it perfectly. But usually it's like, you know what, you need to work on.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You think you're too smart.
1: That's (laughs) your problem. (laughs) David and Elyria, what are your thoughts on self-awareness?
2: I had to share because this is something that I've been uh, trying to work on for a little while. I've been a part of a business that we read a book by Patrick Lencioni, uh, which writes a lot of business books, Yeah, and it's called The Ideal Team Player. And he does a little quick survey. He says there's three characteristics of an individual that makes for an ideal team player, and that's starting with humility, and he's a Christian, so he talks about the importance of humility, which we know that Jesus was the greatest example of that, Mm -hmm. and then hungry and smart, and it is this little survey of six questions of each characteristics, and you can fill it out. And so we started doing that amongst our teams uh, in the company, direct reports and managers. And they did it to where, you know, you didn't know who was throwing them out on you. And then we had scores on it, and then we shared it. Oof. I had one, uh, one person on the humility standpoint, you know, we were sharing about what we had found out. This person said, you know, I was really surprised that I came back not as humble as what I thought I was. And I started sort of laughing a little bit and I'm like, well, isn't that the epitome of not being self-aware and a little bit of arrogance that you didn't even know how (laughs) humble you needed to be. Yeah. So I like what you were just saying, Brian, that, you know, how do you really earn the right to give that feedback and so forth? So this was a way that just was, you're going to sit down and be open and transparent about how those are. And, and it was just very, very open. I mean, when you look at a marriage, the last thing I'll finish, you can look at that business. I'm hungry, wanting to work hard, but you got to work hard on your marriage too. Are you hungry to make your marriage work? And then lastly, when you look at smart, that's not intellectually. You hear a lot of this stuff about emotionally. Are we smart? Do we have a, an EQ? Yeah. And in our marriages or in our relationships, sometimes whether we say too much or we talk too much or we're overly we're not emotionally intelligent and sometimes we have to work on that just as much as we do intellectually so i just wanted to share that i appreciate the conversation this morning
0: no that's great what's the name of the book again in case somebody wants to know
2: it's called the ideal team player by patrick Mm Lincioni.
0: fantastic yeah i i'm pretty sure my my wife's company that she works for did the very same thing in teams going through that book because it's got some really powerful ideas. And it it sounds to me, David, like you would say that this concept of being self-aware is not only important, but it's solidly biblical, like it's something Christians ought to strive for.
2: Oh, I think it definitely is. I think one of the reasons why I've always used this concept, why did Jesus need the 12 disciples? Well, he didn't necessarily need them. They needed him, but he also knew that he needed to mentor them and help them as he left the earth to develop the church and to build the foundation of the church. Like with Peter, why did he ask him, do you really love me? Mm -hmm. And Peter thought he loved him. Well, no, I mean, do you really love me? And he was helping Peter who really loved Jesus, but how he was so passionate to become more self-aware of who he was.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And you know, for, for me as well, to just add a layer to that would be, I think core to self-awareness is acknowledging weakness. I mean, we're all probably pretty adept at knowing what we're good at. I mean, most people. But it's really that, that key concept of, do I acknowledge I have flaws and am I willing to realistically recognize them? Which I think is a solid concept for Christians because we are among the very few in terms of world religions, if not the only one, that acknowledges we've got sin to deal with. That we're not inherently good. We are inherently evil. Therefore, we got lots to work on due to our sinful nature. So, David, wonderful ideas. Love that. How long have you been in the Moody Radio family, David?
2: Oh, pretty strong for about five years now.
0: Praise the Lord. So glad to have you with us. Loved his insights. Perfect capstone on a conversation here on Moody Radio. Thanks for listening to this episode. Don't forget, if you like what you hear on a weekly basis, we'd be grateful for your ratings and reviews wherever you listen. And also subscribe so you get the latest episodes. Follow us wherever you are on social media and search for us online. We're at o-r-g Don't miss our weekday morning show with conversations just like this. You can listen on the Moody Radio mobile app or again at our website, brianandjanelle.org. Special thanks to the talented team of individuals who tirelessly put together this podcast every week, Josue Villa, Mike Reynolds, and Ron Eastwood. The Brian and Janelle Podcast is a production of WCRF Moody Radio Cleveland. Until next time, we're Brian and Janelle.